TCL is a proud sponsor of the 1500 ESPN Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying touch them all. Way back and gone! Touch them all, Joe Maurer! And now these guys are making it relevant to this year's Twins. Now, our two resident hardball nerds will attempt to touch them all on the week's news surrounding the Twins in MLB. Here's Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore. Hey, everyone. Welcome to a Reckless Speculation episode. Another Reckless Speculation episode. Reckless Speculation. With no regard for human life. It's uh, Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore here. With It's funny because we did, we did some speculation like two weeks ago on this podcast. And I took a note, and it's still on my prep notes here, and I highlighted I have one Twins note, and I was all excited to follow up on this because I, <laughs> I, I teased this name in our last episode, and I was ready to, to roll with this on Mackie and Judd, and let's just clear out some of the early week Viking stuff, and it says, new plan for the Twins, and it's highlighted here in bright blue. Oh, no. Josh <laughs> Donaldson in free agency, and then move Miguel Sano to first base to compete with Tyler Austin. I had, I had floated that on an episode of Touch em All, and I was ready. I was mentally there. And then the Braves go and sign Josh Donaldson for one year. So it is a one-year make good for yeah. a 32-year-old former MVP who needs to prove he can stay healthy. $23 million. Yeah. I was thinking, I wonder if you could get Josh Donaldson for like 10 or $15 million on a one-year no. deal. $23 million. Well, and as our friend, our friend Cody had on Twitter sent a note, can you imagine – how happy Twins fans would be if the Twins spent twenty three million dollars on one player? I can't. I can't picture what that would look like, Cody. Yeah, yeah. So Maybe a guy a who uh, needs to prove he can stay healthy. Too. That was a hashtag good tweet. So this won't be the Josh Donaldson episode, uh, unfortunately. I'm sure there's a Braves podcast out there you can you can find. But the other two things on my list, and I know you have a list, are number one, the Twins claim C.J. Crone from the Tampa Bay Rays, and then number two on my list is more reckless speculation because there's a bunch yes. of names being floated out there. But let's just start with your thoughts on the Twins maybe finding a first-base replacement here for Joe Maurer, C.J. Crone, who uh, is just another name on this Rays list the last few yeah. years of seemingly decent players. Logan Morrison was on this list, 30-plus home run, breakout season, and uh, disposable Dickerson was on that list, Corey Dickerson, and now C.J. Crone, who uh, hit 30 home runs last year. Maybe their first baseman on opening day 2019. I think that Crone is the best hitter of the bunch. Um, if Miguel Sano moves to first base, this might change the math a little bit. But if you're talking about Tyler Austin versus C.J. Crone, I just think Crone's got a better track record. Um, he hit 30 home runs, which is a career high. It basically doubles his previous career high. Well, which is 30 crazy. home runs is not what it used to be. Though. No, it's That's not. The... It's not. I remember people arguing with me about Eduardo Escobar being a 20 homer hitter, and and I looked up the number of 2017 hitters who made it to 20, and it was not a short list. Uh, it might be quicker to list off the people who did not hit 20 bombs last year, but Crone to me is it's surprising that he almost doubled his home run production because I always thought he was like a pretty decent hitter with the Angels. But then in his first year in Tampa Bay, he maxes out his games played. He hits 30 home runs. He had his best offensive season even on a rate basis. I mean, like his, his on-base percentage and his slugging. He was, he was a better hitter with the Rays than he had been at any point in his Angels career. I'm going to guess he also set a career high in the launch angle, too. That's I'm not sure. Just a guess. I'd have to I go have back and look it up. I have not through the advanced numbers yet. So there is, to me, this element of 
Okay, first, he's not Logan Morrison, so let's get that out of the way. Also, the Logan Morrison bet was still a good bet, and it didn't play out. So, yeah. And, smartly, the Twins gave themselves an out in case it blew up in their face. No harm, no foul. Actually, it's worth going down that path for a minute, because I think there's a lot of Twins fans that looked at, in retrospect, Logan Morrison having just an absolute terrible season, and Lance Lynn being terrible for the first two and a half or three months, and trying to think of who else fernando rodney had he was fine for the twins but addison just, reed was terrible yeah so he's addison on a two-year reed, contract yeah lance lynn and and logan morrison specifically and they say well falvey and levine you know the golden boys all their free agents were terrible right but i don't look at any of those signings and say so first of all they they struck out trying to pay nine figures for you darvish so you can't even accuse them of Going on the cheap bargain bin hunting. Well, they they tried to pay a hundred million dollars for you Darvish, and I'm sure everyone would have criticized them for that too because you Darvish had a wash away surgery season. But to say that those were bad signings because the result wound up unfavorable, I think is the wrong way to look at it. You had a chance to take a flyer on little one year deals, guys with either proven track records or breakout seasons. You took it. You went zero for three on them. All right, well, two year deal for Addison Reed, but again, it's not a crippling contract like somebody might sign with a, a Bryce Harper or something sure. this offseason. Yeah, I so. hope I hope that somebody is the Twins, by the way, but just to get that Bryce Harper plug in there because I can't go a full episode without advocating for Bryce Harper. But I look at all of those a little bit differently than you. Like I think that in a vacuum, each one of those was a fine bet. Addison Reed was a good reliever statistically and didn't need a big fastball to be a good reliever, and it didn't work out. And I think if you're the Twins – Right now, you're hoping that that's attributable entirely to injury. You'd be like, okay, whatever, 2019, he's healthy, good track record as a good reliever, veteran guy, let's run it back. Logan Morrison, you gave yourself an out in that, and he needed hip surgery. And by the way, Logan Morrison, if you look beneath the surface level numbers, actually crushed the ball last year. It just it didn't work out. Uh, really low batting average, the home runs weren't there, and then injured. What are you going to do? Lance Lynn was a bad signing, terrible April, good May, traded him. Well, you got some prospects, so that's fine. Um, Fernando Rodney, you got out from that one, too, in a trade. And I think Oakland picked up that option for this upcoming season. So that, that, that wasn't a disastrous contract. And then Jake Odorizzi, who you traded for, you basically gave up a prospect that not very many people, if you don't listen to the Touch Em All podcast, you probably hadn't heard of that guy. You get Jake Odorizzi for two years of team control for that. That's not a bad deal. He didn't pitch great all the time. Down the stretch, Odorizzi was actually better. So here's where I'd push back on your thing. In a vacuum, none of those were bad. None of those were bad deals. None of those hamper you long-term. Nothing's problematic to me. It's when you stack them all up together and you made a bunch of little small bets and compound that with the fact that the guy who you've sort of anointed as your team leader, Brian Dozier, you've effectively cut him off going forward and said, like, oh, this is basically a one-year prove a contract. You're going to go into free agency rather than talk extension. On its face, I'm totally okay with that decision. I have no problem with that. I was saying let Dozier walk into this year and just see what happens. But you add all those things together, and I think the Twins had a real clubhouse mix issue. You've got a guy who thinks he was spurned in free agency and Lance Lynn and I don't know if he's bitter or not, but how could you not be? All right. I, I think you take one look at that guy's demeanor for sure. two hours. On, well, sure. two hours is generous. For 45 minutes when he's making his start. Ouch. He's, uh, that was a cheap shot. Happier elsewhere. 
Well, but he was the same guy in St. Louis, though. He's just like this surly, like, I'm just here to pitch. And Anyways, I'm just saying, you like stack all those things on top of each other. And maybe the best guy in that mix was Fernando Rodney in terms of impact on the clubhouse. But if, if you throw all, all those things together and there's like so much self-interest ahead of the team, I think that's where the Twins really did err in the way they approached last winter. So they're going to have to go at this winter differently. And luckily for them, they've got way more resources in terms of prospects and in terms of money to go have a bigger winter and not rely on those cheap bargain bin deals. So let's let's move this conversation forward here. And Well, okay, real quick before we talk about some of the other names that are being floated out there and not just floated, but credible publications reporting. I've got uh, two super interesting ones for you. Um, are you thumbs up or thumbs down on the CJ Crone claiming? They really they thumbs don't, up. They don't. I'm thumbs up too. The cost is nothing. I mean, it, yeah. They, he, and I think he made two and a half million last year in arbitration. So yeah, I think I saw MLB trade rumors form. projection for like five point two million okay. for a raise, and he's got two years of team control left. So you get to decide if he's your first baseman this year. Fine. That's fine. You can pay five million dollars for Joe Mauer plus production. He's not the fielder that Joe Mauer is, but that'd be okay. And then you give yourself that flexibility too, that if you don't want him back next year, or if you go sign Bryce Harper and you don't need him anymore, then waive him. That's fine. It's not uh it's it's just you're not buying the cow, so to speak. It is a low risk move that potentially answers a question for you. So let's come back. We're going to float some other names out there and uh, and see where we think the Twins should turn their attention to. Now that the Josh Donaldson dream is yeah, dead. I'm really sorry. This podcast. I, I, there, you were the first person I thought of when I saw that <laughs> report. One year, 23. I thought, oh, poor Phil. He was going to get his shots off. <laughs> Uh, but a quick word for the main sponsor of the Touch em All podcast. That would be Luther Brookdale Toyota. How much of a hero would you be if for your loved one, or maybe you've got maybe you've got a kid who's driving age. Do what they do in those commercials. Put a big bow on top of a brand new Toyota. Park that thing in the driveway, and uh, you've got smiles on faces. I mean, I I don't know if that actually happens or if it's just in the ads. But if you're going to do it, do it through Luther Brookdale Toyota. Support the Touch 'Em All podcast and the Mackie and Judd show. Stop in. Chances are they're open until nine o'clock if it's a weeknight and you're listening to this. And uh, you can tell them all the guys in that service department, Steve and Dwayne and Jeremy and the showroom, ask for Paula, ask for Tony. Uh, tell them that Phil Mackey sent you over. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Phil Mackey, I've got a little, uh, I lo- a little game to play with you. But first, I want to talk about some of the guys who are being floated around the rumor mill two weeks ahead of the winter meetings. Um, just kind of like juicy, interesting Um, And we'll start with the one that's involved in the game. Sonny Gray is being floated as a possible trade candidate. Didn't pitch great in New York, fell out of their rotation. I think I said he made like 23 starts last year. Yeah, he he was definitely demoted to the bullpen. And it's not the Sonny Gray that you got used to seeing in Oakland. I mean, he had that one year where he was hurt in Oakland. But we've talked about him as a Twins trade candidate for a number of years. So we're very familiar with Sonny Gray and his body of work. And... I've seen some people saying, like, that is an absolute yes for a Twins target. Are you in on Sonny Gray? I am in on Sonny Gray. I I guess I do worry, to your point from earlier in the podcast, if your offseason consists of a little Sonny Gray over here, and I don't have his contract in front of me, but I believe he's still team control for, like, another year. This is it. He is in his walk. Basically what Brian Dozier was last year. He's final year 
arbitration raise and free agent after this. So I I don't I don't think they should just stay in this habit of oh go grab a CJ Crone who has one more year of team control left or uh, a Sonny Gray. I think at some point, whether it's through free agency or via trade uh, or just internally, I want to know what some of these positions and starting rotation spots look like for the next three years, the next five years. In a vacuum, would I take a chance on a 29-year-old former top five pitcher in the American League who struggled in New York, as a lot of pitchers do? Yes. So I'm in on Sonny Gray in a vacuum. Now, if you start to widen this out, and maybe I'm maybe I'm spoiling your game here. No, but, no, you, you can't if, possibly spoil my game. If it was you know Sonny Gray or make a trade for... Trevor Bauer, who is reportedly being floated around by the Indians, or the Indians, according to uh, reports, are more inclined to trade Trevor Bauer this offseason than a Corey Kluber. I think I'd, I think I'd lean toward Trevor Bauer just because he looks like environment. Well, but but it's one great season. I don't want to overreact in, in this in, for Trevor Bauer. Oh, I totally disagree. With you, you think he's had more than one great season? No, no, no. I That's just a think fact. He, I think he's an ace of aces. Like I think he's a top five pitcher in baseball. He right was now. last year. He was last year. Okay, all right. But you would have said the same thing about Sonny Gray about three years ago. Oh, Sonny Gray is borderline top five, top ten pitcher in baseball. Okay, he had that weird season of injuries in Oakland and then couldn't perform in New York, which a lot of pitchers have that problem. The Twins had it work out well with Carl Pavano, who struggled in New York. They bring him in. Sure. He went Cleveland, actually, and then then Twins. And Pavano was very good for a couple years with the Twins. But, um, yeah, do I think... Trevor Bauer was a better pitcher last year than Sonny Gray? Absolutely. You'd have to be an idiot to think otherwise. Is it a guarantee that Trevor Bauer is going to be better the next three years than Sonny Gray? I don't know if I would put all my chips on that bet necessarily. I would. I would put all my chips on that bet, and I would say that over the next three years, Trevor Bauer will be better than every Twins pitcher in their rotation right now. So for that reason, I'm in on Trevor Bauer. He's two years arbitration left, and he's going to get some big raises. I, I think he was a Super 2 guy, if I'm not mistaken. I, I mean, I might be wrong on that. But that was fascinating to me to see. I read it first from Bob Nightingale. I don't know if this is, like, all out there. But I'll, I'll read you the Bob Nightingale tweet, and then, and then I'll get to why I'm out on Sonny Gray. Um, Bob Nightingale, at B. Nightingale on Twitter, says, Teams talking to Cleveland, hashtag Indians. Say the Indians are much more inclined to trade Trevor Bauer than Corey Kluber or Carlos Carrasco. Um, Bauer has two years club control left, but the only one of the starters with cost uncertainty. And he just means that Carrasco and Kluber are on contracts. Um, so Yeah, so in, in two years, he's about to make $30 million a year if he performs at this level. Yeah, exactly. And Bauer's on the record as saying he will never sign anything besides a one-year contract. I don't know about so, that. That's weird. I believe him. I take him at his word. Would you do that? If somebody offered you, especially at that position where you blow your elbow and now nothing is certain, right? you're telling me if a team offers him a six-year contract for like $150 million or $200 million. He's out. That's weird. It's a little weird. He's a weird guy. He's definitely a weird guy. Yeah, he guy. sliced his finger on a drone during the <laughs> World probably, Series. He probably shouldn't have done that. You, I, I really like Trevor Bauer as a... Uh, Weird, quirky guy who doesn't fit the baseball paradigm. He is perfect in that way. He's developed into one of the aces in all of baseball. Um, he might have you'd have an argument that if he had stayed healthy, he would have been the best pitcher in one of the best rotations in all of baseball. 
And that's a rotation that also, by the way, includes Carlos Carrasco and Corey Kluber. And um, I saw some people on Twitter, not to dive too deep into this because this is not necessarily the Trevor Bauer Hour podcast. No, I mean, he's but, the, he's, now that his name is out there, I don't know if the I, Indians I, would I, put the Twins number one on their teams they hope to trade with list. Look, I put out but, there, I said, I'm in. I, this is the short tweet on Trevor Bauer. I quote tweeted Nightingale and said, I'm in. Here, let me, okay, hold on. Try to derail this again. But, That's fine. But he gave up. He gave up nine home runs in 175 innings last year, uh, which was down from 25 home runs the previous year in almost the exact same number of innings. Different pitcher. He is a different pitcher, but how sustainable? It, how sustainable are the things that he did to get better last year? That's obviously the question that the Twins have to answer. Velocity is up, sustainable. Added a new pitch, that breaking ball, sustainable. Swing and miss as a result of those two things is up and control. I, I mean, I, it's it's impossible to say for sure. But if you'd say over the next three years, who's a better pitcher, Jose Barrios, whom I really like, and Trevor Bauer, I don't have to spend a second thinking about it, it's Trevor Bauer. Like this, I'm Are not you worried down about on regression. Barrios or no, he's just a guy. He's a he's a top end of a bad rotation pitcher. You think Jose Barrios is just a guy? Yeah, like, what do you mean by just a guy? I mean, he's not Chris Sale. No. I mean, he's not is Trevor your, Bauer. He is Trevor Bauer. No, he's not. No, he, he's not. He has explosive fastball. He has a wonderful changeup. Yep. And he also has one of the great breaking balls of any starting pitcher in the major leagues. And I feel like it's too soon after, what, two full years as a starter yeah. to say that, well, well, this is who he is. Right. No, Tre- no, no, no. Keep in mind on Trevor Bauer. That dude made his first full season slate of starts in 2014. Yeah, and so it took him, it took him 120 starts basically to do what he did last year. Yeah. So and now some of that is okay. Maybe maybe he didn't have the right pitching coach or the right uh, tutelage until his well, 90th in, start or he's something. In Cleveland for part of that, so. The Derek Falvey connection, but Mickey, Mickey Calloway. Mickey Calloway was was actually that's it's an interesting knock on Mickey Calloway is that he was gone last year yeah. and this happened yep. with Trevor Bauer. Exactly right. So I guess all I'm saying is, and, he, and you, uh, Justin Verlander was kind of similar in Detroit in that he wasn't, and Max Scherzer in Arizona, and it, it, it sometimes yeah. takes like sixty to a hundred starts before a guy really hits his stride. They don't all bust in like Chris Sale did, and all of a sudden, like, whoa, this guy's seven feet tall, and I can't see the ball coming out of his hand right. it's coming from behind me right so i i actually think and i don't now we're way off the rails because now we're debating brios but i actually think jose barrios is when he reaches his upside whether it's this year or in two years from now i think he's one of the five best pitchers in the american league hmm. he's not right now but he has that potential i think trevor bauer is right now well if they have them both then <laughs> what's right. stopping the twins from winning exactly. a world series exactly right okay so parade <laughs> route probably starts at 280 so it can be over by us <laughs> run back down university to downtown minneapolis and maybe just bus over to st paul so we can give some love to the east metro too i i don't know that trevor bowers even realistic i was talking to somebody who's followed the indians for a number of years who said a mutual friend of ours who said the price tag starts with byron buxton and then go from there at that, I'm probably out just because I'm not willing to sell Buxton right now at what I view his lowest point yeah. trade value wise. I agree with you. So like, you I, shouldn't trade him or Sano unless you, unless the Sano thing is just toxic. Behind if the you scenes. said Sano for Trevor Bauer right now, I'm listening. 
If you said Buxton, oh, absolutely, yes. I'm There's no way Cleveland would listen on less that. Less interested. Yeah, yeah, probably not. They're, they should be pretty well set at third base, I would think, for the next handful of years. The left side of their infield's looking, I would I would say, all right. Um, I wanted to play some yeah, – this is great that we disagree on Trevor Bauer. I'm actually a little surprised that we do. But um, I think it's more that you're – you don't need to see any more. You're just signing up for Trevor Bauer. Yes. I think he's a weird dude. I think I think there could be issues with I'm not saying that there are. I'm saying there he's the type of personality where oh, there yeah. could be clubhouse issues, there could oh, be yeah. pitching coach, manager issues. It's all out issues, in the open, yeah. And then that affects the team dynamic or even his performance as a pitcher. Yeah. And that's fair. I'm I'm not going to fight too much against that kind of stuff. I, if the price tag is just ridiculous in terms of prospects, like if they say like, hey, if you want two years of Trevor Bauer, let's start talking Royce Lewis, then I'm like, ah, I'll go find I'll go find another ace. Um, aces aren't easy to find, but also it's only two years of an ace. And then no assurances after that because he's said one-year deals for the rest of my life, which, all right. That makes it a little challenging. You're not it really... almost makes it impossible to trade anything other than you know, short-term I mean, asset. You know, I guess the, the time where you would trade for him is if it's the deadline and you need one pitcher for the next two or three months and sure. you think you can win the World Series. He's okay, a mercenary. Yeah. And that doesn't really set your culture then at that point. So this is I'm, – I'm loving that we're having this conversation at sort of the highest end of the pitching market because that's where they should be. Call on Trevor Bauer. Uh, call on Zach Granke. If you're thinking you're taking on some of that money and you don't have to give up much of a prospect, Zach Granke's still a good pitcher. Um, it's an expensive contract, so you're not getting exactly your bang for your buck on a dollar-per-win basis, but he makes your rotation better. Be calling. Get a meeting with Patrick Corbin. Let you got to know if he's willing to go to Minnesota. He's the best free agent pitcher available, and the Twins could use some starting pitching. They need to be in those conversations. The conversations that I think I could pass on right now would be conversations like Sonny Gray. One year before free agency, just sort of a pitcher. This is what I mean when I just I say just sort of a guy. I like Sonny Gray a lot. In the past, I've advocated the Twins trade for him. The timing I don't think makes sense now, given what he is, how close he is to free agency, and the fact that it would still cost you a prospect or two or whatever it costs – Sonny Gray just doesn't interest me that much, even though I think the rotation needs to get better. This was the game that I was going to play with you earlier. I wish I had picked one on Trevor Bauer now that I know we so passionately disagree on his ability going forward. Here, here are two pitchers, and I've got this written down in front of you, so for, for listeners, take note. Pitcher A, 196 innings, a 3.62 ERA. Good pitcher. 21.7% strikeout rate and a walk rate of 9.6%. Okay. So like average-ish strikeout rate and a little bit high, high walk rate, but not not terrible. I mean, Lance Lynn had like a 10-plus walk rate. So, okay. Pitcher B, same categories. 130 innings last year. 4.90 ERA. 21.7% strikeout rate. And oh, I'm sorry, 21.1% strikeout rate and a 9.8% walk rate. So pitcher, so pitcher B, uh, fewer innings, way higher ERA, higher ERA, lower strikeout rate, sim- similar strikeout, similar walk numbers. Oh, so they're not, both 21%. Yeah, not not drastically dissimilar, but like 
Well, picture B is actually Sonny Gray, right? It is Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray so made who picture a is. 23 starts and then got moved to the bullpen. I think he made like oh. seven appearances out of the bullpen. Is pitcher A Kyle Gibson? Pitcher A is Kyle Gibson. Oh, wow. 196 innings. 3.62. Well, you had to know where I was going because I'm such a <laughs> Kyle Gibson bobo that uh, Kyle Gibson's breakout that started not last year, but the year before that, around the time of the All-Star break, he's been a better pitcher. And... I think that Kyle Gibson has value. Like, if you were to trade Kyle Gibson this winter, you'd get something for him. But if you go into this year with Kyle Gibson as your, like, third best starting pitcher, you're in, I would argue, a pretty decent spot. If you go in with six Kyle Gibsons, I think that your upside is limited as a rotation. And but that's your, what, but your cloning ability is world renowned. Yeah, actually, you should probably switch businesses, get out of baseball, yeah, and be crazy. you make a lot of money doing that. And plus, if you had the ability to clone, wouldn't you just go get like Mike Trout or Shohei Otani or something like that? Right? Why would you be cloning Kyle Gibson? I mean, he's an interesting guy, but that wouldn't be my test case. I guess that's just what I'm saying. I, I think that the Twins are at this spot where they have this depth of five, six, seven, eight starting pitchers who you're like, yeah, okay. All right. I mean, if if, uh, if Michael Pineda made thirty starts, this okay. If uh, if Steven Gonzalez makes thirty starts, sure. Well, all right. Adalberto Mejia, okay. This I could see any one of those working out to being like a not that ERA is the perfect, but like three point seven five ERA mid rotation to back rotation starter. Jake Odorizzi's on the same exact yeah, list. And you don't have a bullpen that's if if you had the right. best bull if you had the Yankees bullpen. I think you'd feel really good about five Kyle Gibsons in your starting rotation. All all you need is five innings. and It'd help you get to the postseason, and then you wouldn't win anything in October, and that's fine. You'd make a trade and hope that you have a number one starter. Sure. I would say the most interesting thing about this experiment is not every decision is in a vacuum for the Twins and for everybody else. It's not, do you like Sonny Gray? I I like Sonny Gray. In fact, I, I like the fact that you're kind of buying low on a guy that has top five or six uh, starting pitcher in the American League track record performances. Yeah. I don't think he has that anymore, but... Right, and so... But, but I don't think... Where the Twins have fallen into a trap in the past, and this is more the Terry Ryan regime uh, than the than the Falvey-Levine regime, is you get fixated on someone's peak performance or their upside, you stare at their 90th percentile performance and just assume that that's what you're going to get. Well, Sonny Gray has a really wide range of what he could give you. He was trash for the Yankees last season, gave up entirely too many home runs. Uh, The upside is like we've been talking about, but you have to gamble on something in the middle, and if you get something in the middle with Sonny Gray, it's not better than last year's Kyle Gibson. It's not better than Jose Barrio, so what are you replacing? Uh, So to that point, I mean, that's where I would go back and challenge you on Trevor Bauer, too, and say, all right, if you're getting Trevor Bauer's 90th percentile performance, which the Indians did last year, he's almost unhittable, and he goes stretches where he's not giving up a run for multiple starts. Uh, but you have to place bets on something other than a player's 90th percentile. Otherwise, you're going to wind up, unless you get super lucky and everyone clicks at the same time, almost like the entire Twins roster in 2006, where you had batting champions and gold glovers and uh, MVPs and two pitchers performing at their peak before Francisco Liriano went down. Yeah, you can't bet on that every year. You have to find. Okay, are we comfortable? Like CJ Crone, it may look like they're putting a bet on his thirty home run season to replicate itself. 
Uh, I think they would say, no, we're comfortable if he settles in around 20 or 25 home runs and we can sit him for 30 uh, 30 games against tough right-handed pitchers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just no going in if you're the Twins. You're not going to get, very often, 30 more home runs from C.J. Crone, who hit 16, 16, and 14 in the three years before that. Sure. You're not going to get Sonny Gray's four years ago Oakland A's performance. Right. And if you do, awesome. Yeah, good for you. It's a great bet that you place. Right. I think, yeah. I mean, C.J. Crone's, a, you could still upgrade at that spot. You might not be set at first base right now. I mean, you've you've still got options. Maybe Mitch Garver can play first base. Maybe it is Crone. Uh, maybe Tyler Austin figures into that mix, or Miguel Sano. Or maybe you call Arizona about Paul Goldschmidt and Zach Granke. Apparently <laughs> like, that Goldschmidt conversation did take place. Yeah, that was the report. that like I I think it was John Morosi of MLB.com. It's a credible report that said that uh, the Twins and Diamondbacks had you know preliminary conversations about what that— Now, this is what we joked about last time you and I were together, Phil. Preliminary conversations might be anything like— Hey, is there anyone on your roster that's unavailable? And they say no, except for Eduardo Escobar. And you say, okay, so like Goldschmidt? Yeah, what's your price? That's a preliminary conversation. Those are internal right? discussions. Yeah. <laughs> this, that is tire kicking to the nth degree. Um, Paul Goldschmidt would be a better first baseman than C.J. Crone. That's not a hot take. Goldie is a perennial NL MVP candidate. And then when you sign Bryce Harper, you'd have two former NL MVP candidates, and you'd be off to the races with anybody in your rotation. I do want to finish with a stat of the week, Phil. We had so much fun the last time we played player A, player B. I want to play again. Wow, here we go. This is very exciting. Okay. <laughs> I, think, I think you see where this is headed. Player A. They're both starting pitchers. Pitcher A, 192 innings in 2018. He had a 3.84 ERA, a 25.4% strikeout rate, so pretty good. It's pretty good. I mean, not elite, but he's pretty good. A lot of upside left, though, for that guy, I'm sure. It sounds like it, yeah. It's just really a lot of good pitch arsenal. There's more in the tank. Uh, 7.7% walk rate. Pitcher B, who has no more upside and is bound to crash back down to earth and couldn't possibly replicate this great season. 175 innings before he got hurt, 2.21 ERA, a 30.8% strikeout rate, which is elite for starting pitchers, and a roughly the same walk rate, 8% walk rate. I'll take the durability. <laughs> I'll take the 10 extra innings. Okay, That's Jose Barrios and Trevor Bauer, right? <laughs> very good, very good. Yeah, you want the... Or actually, it sounds to me like it was Trevor Bauer and prime Pedro Martinez. <laughs> Can you read... <laughs> the sky's the limit, my man. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator skin. Man, I love Operator skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and 320 and 23.